Hello and welcome to New Philadelphia Ministries Morning Word Podcast, Thursday edition with your co-hosts Kay and Stephanie. Get ready as they break down the gospel and discuss Christian living. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Morning Word Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Kay, and I'm joined with the wonderful Stephanie Williams. And we are in this podcast land to shine a light in darkness, to bring joy where there may be sorrow, to lift up the word of Jesus where maybe His name is not yet proclaimed, but we have taken on this mission to encourage you to hopefully make you smile and maybe even laugh week in, week out through this podcast. Disclaimer, we have already been giggling quite a bit, so we apologize right now. And that's all I'm going to say, (laughs) Kim. Listen, we have accepted that this is who we are so i'm not going to apologize for it i've already said it's the joy that makes this podcast different set apart so i'm embracing it all right well friends the struggle is real but so is our lord and savior amen i feel like there's so many transitions going on we're trying to Mm -hmm. embrace the new normal I personally am trying to one day move into a new home. <laughs> and I just feel like the season, this season, it, it, it might be time for a word about Christ's heart toward us. Just a, a, a reminder about how special we are to him, about his wonderful grace, um, his everlasting mercy. Uh, maybe you're feeling like a reminder of these of this friendship that we have is, is something that you're due for. So if you are, you're in the right place. I'm going to lift up a word of prayer and we're going to jump right in and see what we can give to you guys. Amen. Heavenly father, I just thank you for this opportunity to just share in fellowship, um, the fellowship of your word, the fellowship of this body of believers that is, Father God, so wonderful, so intricate that you would know every person, you would know our talents, you would know our gifts, you would know just how to arrange us and place us into families that we can be um, fit like the way our body is with every person being in their proper place. So Father God, I hope that we can just equip the saints, um, equip those that are feeling weary, Lord God, with the strength to continue in obedience to equip those that might be feeling, Father God, overwhelmed, that the joy of the Lord is their strength, that they can continue uh, in this walk with you that is designed to be easy. Uh, Father God, from the scriptures that we're lifting up out of Matthew, we learn that your yoke is actually a Mm non-yoke, that the things you require of us, you have already placed on the inside of us, and that the worship we can share in uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ is just truly wonderful. Um, that it is God-ordained and we were created to do it. So, Father God, again, bless this time that we have with these listeners. Uh, Thank you for just bringing this team together and this fellowship of Stephanie and I. And that's it. I'm going to say thank you, Lord, (laughs) 
and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all are rambling already. <laughs> amen. Like, close the prayer gate. <laughs> Lord, help us. Help us. Okay. So, friends, let me tell you how we, uh, well, how I kind of got here. Uh, I was flipping through a book and I picked it up just feeling like, hey, this title is catchy. Um, and it was talking about the heart of Christ. What is his heart? What is, um, you know, the heart in the Bible, it talks about it being the seat of emotions. It's not just the heart, like the beating heart, but it's like the thing that makes you you. It's mm-hmm. your purpose. It's your motivation. It's your driving force. Like, that's why the heart is so important and how we're always told to guard it because mm-hmm. your heart is who you are. Um And so when the title of of this book was talking about the heart of Christ, you know, my interest was piqued and it started out going through a little bit of history. Now, I don't know if you're like me. I like to read the Bible, but sometimes I like to read books about the Bible. (laughs) No, I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. So like they were talking about how in the early 1600s, it was the Puritan movement movement over in England. And there were all of these greats. I don't know if you've heard the names of Spurgeon or um, another popular one. Um, Now I'm having a brain lapse, Um, but there were these great writers and they would take one scripture, like not, not a chapter, not a whole uh, little section, but just one scripture and they would write volumes like hundreds of pages from just God's revelation and insight into this one scripture and I don't know the the nerd in me was just so piqued and and and, you know tickled by that because um I like to meditate but I like to read chapters at a time I've I don't say I'm an avid reader but I like to do it um and now the challenge for me in my study time is to just look at one scripture and to Hmm. see how long I can like chew on it Mm -hmm. and marinate it and just take apart every little thing. And I realized that when you read that way, wow, there is so much. (laughs) And, and I, I think that's why we're always taught, you know, read, meditate here, you know, um, not just, you know, there is a time to read, right. And just read it through. But then there's a time to, you know, take that one scripture and really chew on it, really meditate, really ask God to really, I got to, what is it with this really? <laughs> ask God to minister to you, to, to give you divine revelation on this particular scripture and give you all the understanding um, that he wished, because that's what he did with the Charles Spurgeons, the Tony Evans, you know, that's what he does with them. And so he can do the same thing for us. And, but if we take the time to really stay still and meditate on that word. And so I like that you admitted that you, you know, the nerd in you, there's nothing wrong. Embrace it. I know you tease me all the time about my nerdiness and it's actually cool to be a nerd. So just so y'all know out there, um, but embrace it and yeah, let God give you everything that he wants to give you about that one verse. And then when you're, he's ready for you to move on, then you move to the next. Yes. And you know, sometimes the fear or the the hesitation in doing that is, well, Lord, you know, I don't want to go off into, you know, my own ideas. Um, I, I, you know, I want to make sure that everything is lined up in your word because scripture interprets scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I found is that um, a lot of these Puritan writers, they would do just that. Like, even though these books 
would just be pages and pages of questions and thoughts, they would find scripture that would back up every premise. Exactly. And that was what made it so beautiful and such, you know, a challenge for me to want to adopt into my own study time was that, you know, the questions that you have when you're sitting with your Bible open, Mm -hmm. they're not coincidental. Like the things that pop into your mind, you may try to dismiss them as crazy um, or, you know, I ate pizza and maybe that's just the indigestion talking. No, like God is with you. The, The Bible is alive. The word is alive. Those thoughts and those meditations, when you are seeking him, Mm -hmm. he is seeking you. He is making himself exactly. He's ready. And so, the scripture that I uh, wanted to lift up as um, kind of a, a gateway to our little talk is in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Um, the heart of God is this. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, one of the things that made this scripture worthwhile for this particular author to study was he noted that out of all the gospel writers, it was the only place where they described Christ's heart in this way. They told you about his birth. They described his lineage. They described the the manner of his ministry. Uh, they described, uh, you know, even his, his, his mission as he explained it to his disciples and, and all the things that he would set out to do. But this was the one place where his heart was described. And the challenge was this, you know, we can describe people. I can tell you what my husband looks like. I can describe his height, uh, some of his favorite foods, his favorite pastimes. But how would I describe his heart for me? Like that would be a tall task because it's a special union, husband and wife. It's a special relationship. And even as we think about just different relationships between, it could be friends, it could be, you know, whatever type of relationship we think about. But to think about someone's heart toward you is quite different from just describing that person. And so as we look at Jesus and we see, we know what he's done. We know the work of the cross. We know scripture after scripture about you know, what angers him, what pleases him. But when we stop and pause and think about his heart toward us, I Mm -hmm. began to just get goosebumps to see his love, his compassion. And so I'm just going to pull a few scriptures and a few instances or places in scripture that just gave me goosebumps. And hopefully it will ignite um, a love in you to just see how much our Savior loves us and how he is just for us. I I think I can't express it enough that I've heard it debated, you know, as we talk about the compassions of Christ, well, let's not, you know, slight the fact that he is holy and that he's also, he has wrath and he's a just God. But every time we come to, I think, places where we see his heart for people, that's not to slight the fact that, you know, he will not tolerate sin. I've learned that both as you study them and appreciate them, that if anything, they become more connected and it's, it's, and I'm just going to, can I pop in? Can I pop in? Can I pop in? 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 No. Okay. So you, you brought up a good, um, 
example of the husband and, and wife relationship, um, as I was reading a little bit, it talked about the relationship between God, the father, God, the son, and that that's not by accident that that is highlighted. Um, and I think this is such a good uh, scripture to choose to when we think about meditating on the word, when we think, think about studying the word. And there's the five things. So I wanted to point that out to you. And we always talk about them, but it because uh, pastor always uh, gives those to us. Mm-hmm. So it's here. Right. Yes. Help me out. OK, I'm here. Trying. Study, read, meditate. And it's always one that I forget. So here, read, study meditate something that means apply is it it's like not a- applicable it's, it is applicable but it's a, it's always one it'll come back to okay me. i probably need to write it down so that i can it'll 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 come to me but anyway um but this is one of those ones where y- you really can just um uh study because there's so much the illustration of it all mm-hmm. um when you talk about what is a yoke um, and Jesus was saying, connect yourself to me, yoke yourself to me. That yoke, it was something used for a, um, for usually oxen or cattle when they were doing the work when the, and it's a lot of references as I was reading and it talked about how usually a smaller, um, animal would be linked with a larger or more experienced animal so that they can show them how to do it. Mm-hmm. And that also the, the larger, more experienced animal carried more of the weight. And so that's why uh, when Jesus is saying my yoke is easy, it's because he's he's going to he carries us through he if you know what i mean if we do it his way and when it's talking about his yoke usually the yoke that is when we are uh leaning to our own understanding and it's from uh, that yoke is heavy that burden is heavy because of sin and consequences for the most part but when we connect ourselves when we yoke ourselves to jesus and not only that um it said as i was reading it said uh that that the the farmer would use that to kind of lead so it was almost a a, a leadership it's a a a leadership yoke is influence it's a leadership uh uh thing and if we allow the, the holy spirit if we allow jesus to lead us um, then he's going to lead us in the right way. And that burden is going to be lighter because we won't be dealing with so much of the sin and the consequences because we're doing it the way that he designed for us to do it. So I love this scripture that you chose. And I hope I didn't just point out a whole bunch of things that you um, had for us. So I'm going to let you jump back in. But those are the things that kind of popped out and stood out. And I just think this is a great scripture to even start with when we talk about studying and, and really meditating on God's word. You're spot on. Where I am weak, you are strong, and vice versa. That's the way he created this team. Because, no, I think the... It's just so beautiful, the, the... the part that I focused on, I'm glad that you pointed out the yoke and the, the leadership of it because he says, I will give you rest and that rest is a gift and that gift, you know, and I even look at it now again, you know, it's rest for your souls because our walk with him is not going to be perfect. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a, a cruise ship vacation here. It's going to be some toil in your Christian walk. It's going to be a lot of persecutions that you might face, whether it's rejection for the sake of the gospel or whether it's you, you know, coming to terms that you need to kill your flesh and allow your spirit to thrive. It's going to be some uncomfortable situations. But when he says, I will give you rest for your souls, his 
position is that, hey, when you come to me, my response is never going to be to push you away. My response is never going to be to say, "Mm -mm -mm," like, back up, not now, I'm not approachable. It's always, I am, I am so happy you came to me with this, like, let me help you, like, and, and that's the whole premise of this book is that he was pointing out due to our fallen nature, due to our fallen state of emotions. And that was such a beautiful way. I've never heard it quite put that way that our emotions are even fallen. Like, yeah, we know we live in a fallen sinful world, but the fact that our way we see things, the way our heart is just naturally messed up <laughs> and we can't see compassion the way Jesus modeled compassion. Mm -hmm. Like he's perfectly sinless, but yet he knows every temptation that we would face and he's experienced them all. So we can come to him and mm -hmm. experience perfect compassion. And that picture when, when he's saying, come to me and I will give you rest. That's the, that's the, 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 the thing that kind of washed over me as I was looking at this. So I kind of missed some of the things that you were pointing out. So they were definitely spot on. And that last thing was memorized. I always forget. There you go. I See, know. you're right. You're right. I do. Now that you say it, memorize. Yep. So here, read, study, meditate, memorize. And I get, uh, I even got a scripture to back it up. In, in Psalms it. 1, 2 through 3, it tells us that uh, one who delights in God, God's word meditates on it. And so let's read. Let's not just, uh, let us not just summarize. Psalms. One, and it's one, two, three. Yep, two through three, excuse me. All right, Psalms one, and it's two through three. Where are you? It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a, a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. So if that's not a reason enough to study, to meditate on, on, on God's word, I don't know what is. So mm -hmm. just my disclaimer. Amen. So these are, we're going to walk through a couple places where we can see this heart of compassion and this sympathy play out so that you guys can meditate on them throughout the week and build yourself up knowing that every time you come to the Lord, I know Stephanie and I, we've shared this openly. We'd be like, I know we're going to wear this whooping. But even though we feel that way, that's not the way the Lord feels about it. He's excited that we come in our weakness. He's excited that you would even consider him a, a, a source, a place that you can mm -hmm. go and, and, and bear your soul and receive the help that you need. So Matthew um, 14, 14, and where I'm gonna, it's going to be a few of these. So I'll tell you where I'm going, and then we'll go there. So Matthew 14, 14. Let me 14, write those down. Matthew 15, 32. I was trying to stay in one book so y'all wouldn't be going everywhere, but I'll just say I'll stay in the Gospels. So <laughs> Mark 6, 34. All right. And maybe John eleven thirty five if we have time. Let's go. Let's go. So the first one, Matthew fourteen fourteen. All right, I'm there. And this is a quick one because I want to 
just build this 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 proof, this evidence, kind of walk it out like a Philadelphia lawyer that his heart is compassionate and it is moved with empathy and sympathy and not the kind that we have where we can see a person with their I'm hungry sign and we just give a dollar and keep going. No, God's compassion, as we're about to see, is deep it is in the bowels. That's where this that Greek word comes from, the bowels of who he is. So we see his heart move expediently and thoroughly. OK, so um, this situation in Matthew 14, 14, it says when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So we know Jesus's ministry was one where he couldn't be like petty y'all because every place he went, they would be like, yay, Jesus is here. And then two minutes later, they would be like, boo. <laughs> he could not get in his feelings. That's for sure. He could not because the hot and cold nature of these folk, they just, it, it would not be good. So he, and I love this, and I, I try to be the same way in, 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 my, in my attitudes towards those that I'm trying to minister to, that when they're praising me, I'm not getting the big head. And when they're sliding me, I'm not going into my deep depression. <laughs> because when you are ministering, you, and, and I like to keep this, this whole fallen emotion thing in mind, that not everyone's going to receive the mm -hmm. word when you think it's, oh, this is the on-time word for sure, they're going to, no, there are. <laughs> our, our, our responsibility is to tell them God is responsible for the results. And so we have to let go of, yes, they should have gotten this and that kind of thing. But I want to go back to something you said when you, you said these people were. And, and we are these people because I was just thinking about how there are times when we are on fire for God. We are studying. We are meditating. We are praying. We are praising. And usually it's when that yoke of that that burden is a little bit heavier than we can carry. And then as soon as Jesus kind of takes that yoke and we yoke ourselves to Jesus for temporary. He's mm -hmm. not saying do it temporarily. He's saying <laughs> permanently but we in, in a sense temporarily yoke ourselves to jesus and allow him to carry the burden and then the burden becomes lighter and then it's like we forget um is I, I don't and then all of a sudden we slack off now there's not as much reading there's not as much much meditating or studying or praying or praising or any of that until there's another storm so we are the kind of the same way in a sense of, yeah, when we want God to do something for us, it's all about God. But then when we want when we feel comfortable, when the storm has kind of ceased, right, the, 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 the waves have kind of calmed down a little bit. We're like, OK, all is right with the world. And then we, we move on. And then the next time, then those, you know, things start to happen. And now we're like. Lord, I need you. And you're studying and you're, you know, praying fervently. And, you know, we. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can't be those people. Put it that way. We, we got to be better. Amen. And so, so this um, quick picture of him being moved with compassion for folk that he knew some would come and receive him. Some would probably turn their nose up and just, you know, 
whatever. Some would openly reject him as we see the Pharisees would do. Some would be, like you said, fair weather, where when the crowd is in it and they're interested, but as the momentum dies down, like the parable of those seeds, you know, it gets choked up. Mm -hmm. And so him being, you know, all fully God and fully man, he would know this, but still we see his compassion allow him to make these pauses, these interruptions, he would stop and heal, or he would stop and address um, people that were hurting, people that had family members that they were caring for. And that was his nature. And to me, in this position, it's reminding me that God, as he walked the earth, is the same now that he sits in heaven, that Mm -hmm. just because he is now you know, in heaven seated, seated at the right hand of the father does not mean that he is not any less moved with compassion when he sees us in our time of need, when we're suffering, when we are uh, struggling, that this compassion that we see modeled for his earthly ministry is still the same as now that we are, you know, recipients of this gospel, if not more, because we have the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and we have this evidence of his heart mm-hmm. on the inside. Not to mention, as it tells us in Ephesians 1, um, he is seated in heavenly places and so are we because we are in Christ, because we have uh, uh, taken uh, his yoke upon us. Um, we are seated in heavenly places right there with him. And so when he tells us that he came for, he wanted us to have life and have it more abundantly, he meant that and in doing so it was recognizing where our position is and where we're seated and that again it goes back to the whole father son uh, thing that model that God was trying to get uh, us to see that example of the intimacy between God the father and God the son and the 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 relationship in and and how Jesus reverenced God the father and obeyed God the father and um he was modeling that for us. And in doing so, just as even though Jesus had to walk through something for us, he had to take God's wrath upon him for us. Um, but God still restored and seated him. And God is trying to say to us that my yoke is easy. And if you take my yoke upon you, if you follow me, if you not only make me your savior, but also your Lord, then you will understand you will have that life more abundantly because those burdens won't be so heavy because number one, I'm carrying you. Number two, you're not going to experience some of that because you're allowing me to lead and guide you. And you're allowing me to tell you how you ought to handle these circumstances that are coming up in your life. Um, the, the way that's going to best benefit you, that's going to work for your good versus you having, he has no, no want for us to be out there suffering because we won't do it his way we because we won't we we want to lean to our own understanding our own intellect that pride um he wants us not because he wants us to just um have no mind of our own or anything or no will of our own but he wants us to see that we can trust him mm-hmm. that we can trust him and um it just we have to reposition ourselves and understand um that compassion that he has for us and what he, and, and, and the, the actions that um, the compassion drove the actions, I should say, Amen. I want to make sure I put it in the right yeah. um, context or Good. perspective, the passion, his passion, his compassion for us drove the actions of him dying on the cross for us. 
um, and uh, understanding that that love, that relationship is the same when we come into fellowship with him is the same because he tells us in scripture, nobody comes to the father, but through me. Right. We can, we too can have that relationship with the father, that same intimacy, that same love, that same compassion, Ooh. but through Jesus. I want to stay right there for a minute because the author, this is, I think one of the sections that I like highlighted and starred, he was like, you know, when you think about, um, I think he asked the question, what do you think it is that brings Jesus joy? And, you know, immediately my mind went to, oh, of course, like when we're obedient and when we're acting like we're supposed to be acting and, and when we're, you know, worshiping him. And he was like, he, oh man, I, I'm going to find the scripture. I just don't want to pause and lose my thought. But he was like, you know, all of those things, you know, they're scripture to show that yes, obedience and all that good mm -hmm. stuff makes him happy. But it also pleases him to know that when that sinner says, wait a minute, I need to repent. Like when that, when that, that wayward, whether it's intentional, unintentional, whatever, when that person stops and turns and beholds him and says, I need to come to Jesus. Like even in this state where I am a mess, even in this state where, mm -hmm. you know, I have been rebellious and I have gone my own way. That point when you recognize that Jesus, you were sent here to redeem me. You were sent here to rescue me from this mess that I've made. That brings him joy to know that, Hey, you turned to me because now that you've turned, now you can receive the full benefits of my sacrifice on the cross. Now you can walk in the righteousness that I died to clothe you with because you have acknowledged me. You have come to me. And, you know, that just kind of made me stand two feet taller because all this time I've been thinking of kind of my repentance as God thinking, oh, okay, not again. Like, didn't you learn? Didn't you learn? But to hear it described as repentance bringing him joy. It makes that process, that sanctification, that that growing in Christ process a little less, man, I'm going to get a beat down to now. This is his plan for me. This is his desire that I come to him. This is his will that where I am weak, he desires to show up strong in my life, that this 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 whole growth thing um, that, that I go from, from, you know, precept to precept that I, that I build my faith, that this is what he's designed for me. But we remember, we talked a little bit about this in women ministry, women's ministry the other night, when we talked about the parable, parable of the coins, the parable of the, um, sheep and then the prodigal son because in all of those scriptures um it talks about how basically that lost coin that you know that wife is going to find it and she's going to tell everybody she knows and they're going to rejoice with her mm -hmm. and then it talks about the lost sheep that jesus would leave um that, that shepherd is going to leave the one to go look for the uh what leave the 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 many to go look for just that one to Amen. save just that one right yeah um and um and the same with the prodigal son. But in each of those scriptures at the very end, it talked about the rejoicing, the rejoicing mm -hmm. in heaven, the, the rejoicing Amen. of the father saying, you know, he, this son that was lost, who is found and that, that yeah. we should, you know, be glad. And so in each of those, it, he's just, um, every time we turn back. Yes. And, and of course, uh, we were actually also studying the God that he's a God of second chances um, so every time we turn back, um, he's, he's 
excited. He's happy. He rejoices. Um, we ought to want to not turn, you know, have to do that so much. But, hey, we all sin and fall short. He knows that we are not perfect. But when we get up and get back on the right track, he rejoices. Amen. The angels rejoice. It tells us that in scripture. Um, so we, um, yeah. Amen. Let's look at another one. Matthew 15, verse 32. Here comes that compassion again. Uh, then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And then we know, of course, that that story goes on to talk about mm -hmm. how the disciples they're, they're like us. They and they feelings. They like, where are we supposed to get food at, Jesus? You see, you see any place to get food? <laughs> and, and that's just a perfect example of when you juxtapose Christ's compassion with man's compassion. Like Christ's compassion at this point is, hey, I'm anticipating a need before it even gets to be a problem. I'm seeing down the road what you're going to need, and I'm making provision for it right now. The disciples are thinking, oh, it's going to take some effort and some time and some <laughs> some extra money for us to go and make this mm -hmm. meal happen. But you none, of that, people, none of that is concerns Jesus at this point. He's about my people. He's saying, oh, I see them. And I'm moved with compassion that they hungry. Y'all, it wasn't like they had been out there years or nothing. <laughs> it was just... He's noticed, and, and, and I think those small things that we don't want to take to him because they don't seem so spiritual, this to me is the scripture I'm standing on that everything that mm -hmm. concerns me concerns my Savior. Mm -hmm. Every little thing. It, come on, y'all don't make me sing. We, we waiting on it. <laughs> you haven't in a couple weeks, so you, you're due. You're about due. But everything we must carry to the Lord in prayer. That, that I didn't, I just said it slow. <laughs> it's killing her, y'all. It is, it is. <laughs> but I'm dignified. I've almost made it through this podcast without acting up, so I'm trying oh, to save that's it. That's funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Oh, man. And this should excite us, Kay, though, because um, he wants to, he's concerned. Yeah, he knows what happened to us today. He knows um, what we're going through, but he, he's concerned and he wants us to come to him with it. And if we would just honor him by saying, because even that little bit, that little small thing, what we're saying is we trust you with this, Lord. Mm -hmm. That's good. And when we say, we're, Lord, I trust you with even this little thing, it, it's a builder of faith because then we can begin to trust him with the bigger things, which honestly... He's been so good to us that we we shouldn't have to go through that, but we do, you know. And, and he continues to build our faith, um, and so it's a it's an opportunity to rejoice that he cares enough that he wants to hear about that little thing that is is just bothering us, you know, just a bit. Um, that's giving us angst. That's mm. um, you know adding a little bit of stress that maybe we won't call it stress because we say what's stress we're like this all the time right you know but it's still it's something that um concerns us and he he cares for us and he wants to know about it and he wants to be able to uh help us with that mm. but we just got to trust him and i want to share with y'all this little part i don't know i was trying to find the exact translation for what word they were translating but i seem to have misplaced it but i think it was sympathy and in the 
Mm-mm-mm. Maybe it's the Greek. So sympathesi, which is where we kind of hear that word sympathy. If you say it real fast, sympathesi. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it and not me. I'm so glad you had to pronounce that because that would not, you said that so well. I would not have said that like that, but go ahead. So that means to co-suffer. And I just thought that's a beautiful picture because we think of sympathy like to have pity on and pity can be from a distance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can see outside my window and have pity, but it won't cause me to go out and do Mm -hmm. anything about it. And so as I look at the news and I see social media with images of thousands of Haitian refugees Mm. lined up, I mean, like cattle in in these, they're calling them detention facilities, but to to me, they look like shanty towns. I've Mm. seen pictures of like basically them just sleeping outside with like makeshift tents and these these wire and barbed fences and to hear Christ say I co-suffer with my people Mm. not that I just have pity but that I am in it's like solidarity when 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 you have a best friend you call them your ride or die because you know when you're in something you feel like hey they're in it with me but Jesus he says I am in solidarity with those who suffer. I am present, fully accessible to. I mean, I can't think of any other God, uh, any other religion that has a savior who would come in the likeness of man to experience and suffer the way our savior Mm -hmm. has just so that he can better able intercede for us just so he can better able cover us like provide for us and 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 make the 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 difference for us Uh, it blows my mind but that word to co-suffer to know that Jesus is in full solidarity Mm -hmm. with us in the things that we experience that those trials and those tribulations and I'm just praying even now for those that are experiencing the things that they are at the border things that are causing those the people that Mm -hmm. are supposed to be representing the united states government who are doing these atrocities who are treating their fellow brothers and sisters in christ if they be believers like animals i really pray now that in the spirit they have an experience of co-suffering that they can put themselves in Mm -hmm. the shoes of another person and even if they can only experience sympathy out of a limited view, because even I think moral people who have no knowledge of a godly way can experience sympathy Mm -hmm. and say that this is wrong. So Mm -hmm. that is my prayer. Wow. (sighs) It's something, but he, he, he's very present and that is what. And, and, and so just think, Kay, Mm -hmm. how God gave you a rhema word, um, to let you know. And it could be that this is something that, you know, months from now, years from now, that he's going to remind you, hey, I'm with you. I care. I'm concerned. Mm. The compassion that I have mm-hmm. um, for you is great. Um, but that you got to experience that intimacy with him in in that word, in that scripture. Mm. And he wants to do that with each of us and 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 
all the time. His word, his character is in his word. Yes. It tells us who God is. It's so the, the scriptures tell us who he is. Um, and we, and I, I'm reading a book right now. Well, it's on audiobook. I'm kind of cheating a little bit. Um, and it's by Tony Evans and it's the names of God. Mm-hmm. And I, what I love about, you know, a lot of, uh, pastor Tony Evans books is when he, when he, it's not just listening to something and, and taking somebody else's word. It provokes you to go back to the Bible and start to search and to study and look up for yourselves. Um, and so, and that's what it does, but just to be able to understand, um, you know, the different names of God, like yeah. Jehovah, uh, Elohim. And, uh, and I, I think I said it wrong. Um, I think pastor Regina is going to get me for that. Cause she taught me how to say that word. Right. Um, you know, it, all of these names that we, ha- you know, Jira, did I say that? Um, mm-hmm. all of these names that, that, that is, is a character of God. And then to go back and be able to study who he is because getting to know who he is helps us in understanding, um, more of our relationship with him and the relationship that he desires with us. And so I'm excited that you just got this opportunity um, to, you know, that God just had an opportunity to speak to you and you just got, you know, um, such a word out of that. So that, that's a blessing. That's exciting. That's exciting. So, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We love it when you talk to us. We love it when you share with us a rainbow word just for us, Lord, and 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 that then you're able to allow us to uh, share it with others. Um, but Lord, we we thank you that you show us day after day, time after time, that your yoke is easy. Um, you show us, Father, that. Not only do you desire to be uh, our savior, but uh, but Lord over our lives, and that the reason being is because you do it so well. Like we don't need to, we we have no need, Father God, to try to do it in our own might, to try to do it in our own power. But Lord, if we would just allow by your Spirit to be led by your Spirit, to walk in your Spirit, Father, to to pray in the Spirit, Father God, that our lives would be the abundancy that you have uh, designed and desired for us, Father, that we are reminded that we are seated with you in heavenly places, Father God, that our point of view and our perspective, Father God, um, puts you in the reverence, in the seats you where you need to to be seated in our lives, Father God, as Lord, as head over our lives, Father God, and um, yielding to all that that you would have for us, Father God. this is a joy just to, to be in fellowship with you, just to be back in right relationship with God the Father. This is absolutely a joy, and we say thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray and ask that you would just continue, Father. Um, you said that if uh, we would uh, abide in you, Father, that you would abide in us as well, O oh God, um, and that you would draw nigh if we draw nigh. So we want to continue to draw nigh unto you and you un- unto us, Father God, because we love the fellowship. We love the relationship and it, because you're so good and you're so merciful, Father, and we just thank you. Thank you. Lord, you are holy. You are righteous. You are awesome. You are the one true and living God. And we say 
Thank you, Lord, for loving us the way that you do, for having the compassion that you have over us. Lord, we lift you up. We honor you. Until we meet again in this place, Lord, we just pray and ask that you continue to remain with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello and welcome to New Philadelphia Ministries Morning Word Podcast, Thursday edition with your co-hosts Kay and Stephanie. Get ready as they break down the gospel and discuss Christian living. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Hey ladies, if you enjoyed today's convo with Kay and Stephanie, we encourage you to connect with the other awesome women of New Philadelphia Ministries. The third Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m., the women's ministry connects virtually for fellowship and Bible study. And for my ladies between 18 and 30, we have a bonus group just for you. If you're looking for a group of women to do life with, to freely discuss the challenges and rewards that come with keeping the faith and navigating your Christian walk, please join us the second Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m. We thank you again for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. For more information about New Philadelphia Ministries, please connect with us on your favorite podcast platform, Facebook, YouTube, and visit us at newpministries.org.